Hello and welcome to the December 2021 TF Bulletin issue of the ToxPod. I'm Peter Stockham. Today I have with me both of the TF Bulletin editors as co-hosts. Welcome Sarah Wheeler. Good morning. And Jennifer Schumann. Hi, thanks for having us. It's great that you could both join us for this last edition of the year. For those out there who aren't aware that the Bulletin is a quarterly publication by the International Association of Forensic Toxicologists. You get it free with your membership. And the December issue sort of wraps up what's happening uh, over a fairly busy year for TF. So this issue is about to land in TF members' letterboxes and is soon to be available in the TF members area. So let's uh, give a bit of a rundown of what's in store. What's the president have to say this time? Well, Mark's provided a really nice summary for TF members of some of the highlights that we've had over the course of the year, despite um, the challenges of a global pandemic. He gives a bit of a rundown on the establishment of the TF Continuing Education Committee, which was started at the beginning of the year, and it's a really good initiative. Uh, so they've been able to facilitate some of the webinars that have been held during the year, and also they'll be contributing to the upcoming virtual meeting in February, where Mark also notes that a new board will be elected. He's mentioned the new and improved members portal, which is really good. It allows for a lot better communication to TF members and some of the new awards that have been announced this year. So there'll be an award in Randall Basalt's name that will recognise the interpretation or the best interpretation publication in JATH year. And um, there's also going to be the Brian S. Finkel Visiting Scientist Award, which was established to help members from developing countries to receive better training from other TF members. So it's a good sort of overview of the highlights and successes of TF over the year and and even the ToxPod gets a special mention. It's one of the big highlights of the year. So, and Mark is also looking forward to the TF virtual meeting 2022, which you also see in the bulletin. You'll get a kind of uh, program uh, provided there with all the presentations and, and posters that are coming up. And you also can see that everybody in Versailles, France, or the, the group there, is getting uh, organizing TF Versailles. So that's also something to look forward to in 2022. So later on in the bulletin, you'll see another segment there about the Versailles conference. Hopefully we can make it to that. Yeah, it's even got a, a special boat trip down the Seine for the excursion. Uh, down past the Eiffel Tower and all of Paris's beautiful landmarks. So it looks like it'll be a really great meeting. As well as the scientific content, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the next article was quite interesting, or it sounds interesting, distinguishing between bufotenine and psilocin with the tox typer. Yeah, and it has a quite catchy title too, Magic Mushroom or Toad Slime. I think this is interesting because, uh, again, you can see like, you know, analytical challenges because they're potential isomers. So you have to be aware that you can uh, have a, a false identification. Uh, so actually the authors, Karsten Stemmerich and from the group of Torsten Arndt are looking into this, so how to tackle it. Uh, and they also give us some nice overview of some, you know, nice things to to know about how the history of those compounds uh, looks and about their effects. And uh, then they additionally give a, a case report from these two compounds. And I know this is very important to the TF community because often we're, we get a request to get more case reports in, in the TF bulletin. There are quite a few interesting aspects to the article. There's, I mean, psilocin and bufotenine are only different by position of a hydroxyl group, um, but they have much different behaviour in the body. And that's that was interesting reading about that aspect. And it also, of course, once again, supports the importance of chromatography, even though we've got these high resolution mass spectrometers, chromatography is still very important. 
Yeah, and that's that's often forgotten still. People think like high-resolution mass spectrometry, that will solve everything. But you can still see that at the end, we still need chromatography and we still need, you know, to have a good interpretation and to know everything about different compounds out there. Now, a long-time contributor, Wayne Jones, has been at it again and he's written another article. That's right. Yeah, Wayne's been one of our most prolific contributors to the bulletin over the years. Um, in his latest piece, he's been looking at the most highly cited TAF members in legal and forensic medicine. So he's uh, got an approach that takes into account a whole lot of different metrics, um, including citation score and the H index, and also he accounts for self-citations. It's actually a scoring system developed by Stanford University, and he's published on this before in the um, TAF bulletin. But then he's gone ahead and cross-referenced this list to all of our TAF members, um, past and present, and he provides a really nice table of the top 51 most highly cited TF members and you'll see quite a few familiar names there. Top of the list is Pascal Kins with a very impressive 528 published papers, uh, followed by my good friend Olaf Drummer and um, coming in at third place is Wayne Jones himself. We won't spoil the rest of the story but virtually every name there you will recognise if you're delving into the toxicology literature at any point. Okay, now we're moving on to a review of drug trends in the United Arab Emirates. Once again, we're getting a perspective of a different part of the world. It's always good to see how other people do their toxicology and new developments in other parts and what different drugs are around. Yeah, this is a really interesting article from Abu Dhabi about their National Rehabilitation Centre. Um, so this was a centre that was launched back in 2002 as a national response um, in the United Arab Emirates for drug addiction and drug prevention and treatment. And they've got a really good sized tox lab as well. So there's a bit of a description on the centre and the toxicology laboratory there. They've been monitoring different drugs uh, in the UAE since 2013. So there's some really interesting drug trends that are coming out of this part of the world. Yeah, and what you can see is that, for example, amphetamine is going up. And uh, they're talking also about captagon, which is a kind of pro-drug of amphetamines, phenylethylene. And of interest is also pregabaline, because that's something we also see popping up now uh, in Belgium. So you can see like some similar trends, but on the other hand, also great differences between the different uh, regions uh, of the world. And one of the authors of uh, that article was Simon Elliott, and he's also uh, sent in as part of the TF MPS committee, recommended scope for MPS testing in the United States for quarter three, 2021. This is a publication that comes out of the United States from the CFSRE and the MPS Discovery Group. And I really like this. It was in the last bulletin issue as well. I think you published yep. it. And it gives you a one-page summary of relevant NPS that may be in uh, at least America at this time. And it sort of gives you a, an immediate summary of what you may need to look for. So I think it's a very useful thing to have. Yes, yeah, certainly. It draws your attention to some compounds and maybe when you're doing your routine work, uh, you'll look for those. And what I find interesting is now you can see that there are lots of uh, designer benzos also coming up. So uh, this is something we see more and more in Belgium too, that we have to be aware of those types of compounds. And so what have we got next? Uh, well, we've got a, the first of a two-part article by Thomas Arkell from Swinburne University here in Melbourne. It's a really comprehensive overview of the neurocognitive aspects of cannabis use. So Tom covers cannabinoid pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics, and I think it's always really good to have the latest information and data on some of these quite basic pharmacological topics, but on drugs that we're constantly dealing with in our forensic casework. 
Yeah, and I think it's really an interesting article too because it's in collaboration with the group of Jan Ramakers from the Netherlands who is really also specialized in, you know, like simulating experiments. So we'll have a good idea on the actual effect of cannabis on the driving abilities. And there's an article here by uh, young scientist Ginny Yan from Australia. That's right. Ginny's a postdoc researcher in the uh, Kids Neuroscience Centre at the Sydney Children's Hospital up in New South Wales in Australia. Ginny provides an overview of her PhD work, which was specifically to investigate metabolic biomarkers using cerebrospinal fluid metabolomics. And I think like metabolomics is something we'll be seeing more and more in toxicology as it provides us new biomarkers. So I, I think this is um, nice to read and already to have an idea of what you can do with metabolomic uh, studies. Well, this is quite exciting. We actually have a, a Congress report where real live people turned up and spoke to each other. We yeah, have two. <laughs> yeah. And you can really see from those reports that people were really uh, enthusiastic that they, they had met each other uh, live instead of uh, looking into each other online. So uh, one uh, ATDMCT was done in, in Rome, Italy, and then another one, a Congress report from the Society of Hair Testing, uh, which has happened in Santiago de Compostela in Spain. Uh, so they actually explain what was done, uh, the social program as well as the scientific program. Uh, for example, so the Society of Hair Testing is talking about their new board members and also the prize winners that have occurred during this meeting. And they also updated their um, cutoff values for um, what they now call the value that enables identification of drug users rather than the cutoff level. So yeah. that's bound to be controversial to some people, but always interesting to read. Yeah, indeed. And they say that they're going to publish it in a scientific paper. So it will be out there uh, for everybody to read and to use for their interpretations of their casework. So that wraps up this month's bulletin. So as always, you're always happy to receive content from toxicologists anywhere out there. And also sponsors are always important for this glossy bulletin to be produced. Yeah, and I would uh, like to thank Cayman Chemicals for their uh, sponsorship for this bulletin. So thanks a lot, because otherwise we wouldn't be able to produce a bulletin like this. I've got a Cayman Chemicals t-shirt at home, which I got at TF2016, and I still one of my favorites. It's just a bit worn out. <laughs> It's got forensic so you're chemistry really looking the forward front. to Versailles to have a new T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and I, or we, Jennifer, and uh, and myself, of course, wish you a happy holiday season and lots of uh, family uh, fun. And um, we'll see you around next year. And thanks very much for everybody who's contributed to the bulletin over the past year. And of course, best wishes from the Toxpod as well. Thanks for listening. Registration is now open for the 61st annual TAFT meeting taking place from the 2nd to the 6th of September 2024 in St. Gallen, Switzerland. The early bird rate is only available until May 31st, so be sure to register soon for the reduced rate at www.tft2024.org. We look forward to welcoming you to St. Gallen for an inspiring, engaging and enlightening conference.